welcome to the show. It's October 8, 2016. This is our official episode one. Um, everybody in the country is legally required to have a podcast now, so this is why we're doing this. We just had to come up with the idea, but Congress has deemed everyone by January 1st of 2017 to have a podcast. So that's what we're doing. Did you know that, Jason? Uh, yeah, it's part of the uh, Americans for an Affordable Podcast Act. <laughs> but this is the podcast about the music less traveled by this pop-obsessed host who always forgets how to spell psychedelic and... The resident psychedelic rock and disco aficionado. So you're Jason. I'm Amy. Hey, Amy. Hey. So you like pop music a lot, right? Mm, it depends on what decade. Oh, I was thinking like, you know, the teens, the 2000 teens. <laughs> um, I, in the 2000 teens, I was still listening to the 1970s. Right. And I still am, since I guess we are still in the 2000 teens. Yes, we're enjoying the mid 2000. Well, we're experiencing the mid 2000 teens. So, hey, what happened this week? I think I know somebody has a birthday tomorrow. I do have a birthday tomorrow. Tomorrow I turn 33. Woo! That is divisible by 11. It is. That's like the coolest thing is being divisible by 11. I was born on a Sunday, and tomorrow I will have a Sunday birthday. Yeah. Um, I'm going to brunch hard in a very Memphis way. I have... A massage appointment after that. I was like, wait, wait, are you getting massaged for brunch? Because that would be kind of awkward. How are you supposed to get your chicken and waffles down? I will find a way. That's that's what the hole in the headrest, the face rest oh, is for on the table. It's a chicken waffle delivery system? Yes. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So massage appointment, and uh, I have a date with a special lady. Ooh. She wants to go see the Crystal Shrine Grotto at... Um, the Memphis uh, Memorial Park Cemetery. Then we're going to go to the famous Agri-Center Corn Maze and end the night with dinner at Folks Folly where I will eat a huge steak. And she's apparently not a meat eater. Um, I don't think she likes beef a lot, but I think she might enjoy chicken and fish. Okay. Or, so I'm yeah. not, I don't think that she's a vegetarian, but we only... We've only been on a few dates so far, but I think we like each other. Oh, that's good. That's always the best way to start out some dating is actually liking the person. But also, there is a big thing that happened in Memphis uh, this past week, and our good buddy Jason was involved, and it. I don't really even know what happened, but there was a new ordinance in Memphis making it the second city in Tennessee. And that is all I know, but it's, um, tell me what was passed. I, I don't want to <laughs> make this podcast all about that. So I'll try to be concise <laughs> and I won't even get into describing the differences between the ordinances in Nashville and Memphis. But on Tuesday, Memphis city council passed seven votes. Yes. To six votes. No. Um, it's not even technically a decriminalization ordinance. In my mind, it's deprioritization. Right. But what's happened is if you're caught with 14.175 grams of cannabis, there is discretion in this ordinance for um, a Memphis police officer to essentially give you a ticket and a civil fine of $50. You're also able to have that expunged later. And there is 
in the ordinance it says that every April, Memphis Police Department has to tell the city council to give statistics on who they are arresting for this. Are they male, female? Are they black, white, Mexican, Chinese? All, all of that stuff is in it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I didn't describe that as well as well, I could have. Uh, so they're, they're definitely making sure that there's not going to be a lot of profiling, or they want to make sure that it's not, they want essentially a study. Now they're doing it in April, which I believe April 20th happens in April. That's true. 420 is a big holiday, but for me right now, October 4th is the new holiday. That's a 10-4. Good, buddy. Oh, I, I did not even think about the date. But, yeah, so that is a big deal that happened in Memphis this week, which is really exciting. Um, that's... I mean, it's, it's a small step, I know, uh, but eventually, let's just face it, pot will be legalized and or decriminalized. I don't or like that word. Pot? Yeah. Marijuana? No. Cannabis? Cannabis. Okay. Marijuana (laughs) was a very not not often used slang term back in the day, but it was popularized by Harry Anslinger, who was the leader of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, who was an extreme racist. Okay. So that word, to me, as somebody who's in a legalization game, it represents reefer madness. Okay. Well, I just learned something. But, um, so yeah, uh, we actually decided to come to the game with a theme. And so our theme this week, um, in light of recent events, which we will get into. It's, oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, it's essentially going to be very woman-based. We're going to be talking about misogyny and beauty standards and then ranting. Because right now, um, if you'll... As said, it's October 8th, 2016. We're a month from an election. We're always saying it's an important election, but this seems to be an actually really important election. I I hate to say it because every single time I vote, it seems like, oh, it's life or death. But this time it's actually like I go back and look at 2004 and it wasn't as terrible as I thought my first time voting would be. Uh, I was upset. Um, But then... You know, we had 2008, and of course, that was a huge deal. It was, and that was the first uh, federal election, and probably the first uh, election that I ever voted in. I was only registered in 2006. (gasps) Do you want to know the reason why I voted, or I'm sorry, the reason why I got registered in 2006? Uh, I'm going to guess it was a local election. No. Well, technically, I... I registered to vote because if there was ever anything on a ballot that I could vote for, for either legalization of medical cannabis or deprioritization or decriminalization, I wanted my voice to be heard. Now, little did I know that two years later, you know... It'd be kind of a big deal when we get Barack Obama, which people have feelings. I'm happy about it. But, I'm happy overall. I voted for him twice, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, I voted for him twice, and I remember, I'm trying to think, he, he was against McCain in 2008, and then then uh, in 2012 it was Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan, who's recently had to step back because of Trump. Oh, uh, he can't even, oh. Okay, so the reason why we really went into this misogyny and beauty standards concept 
uh, yeah, is because of Trump, which now every podcast, unfortunately, and all media is now obsessed with Donald J. Trump, the tweeting representative of the Republican Party up for president in this next election, which... Guys, I I want to be about two years out from this election to see what we think of ourselves in 2016. Like, what does 2018 country think about 2016 country when somehow Trump is running for office? But either way, sorry, we are talking about Trump. Uh. I'm sorry so much. I know you're sick of it, and eventually it will be over. We've got we've got a month. Uh, next next week, we are not going to talk about Trump unless. Uh, uh, let's just hope we don't talk exactly about exactly a month. Yeah. election day is November eighth. So please please vote early. Please vote early, um, Tennessee. We start voting the nineteenth of October. So I'm pretty sure I'll be standing in line to early vote then. And so definitely, if you can vote early, do vote early. This is. I hate to say it, this is a really important election. I know we always say it's an important election. This year is kind of important. And, you know, this, the misogyny came up because of the first presidential debate. We decided on what our songs were going to be because of the first presidential debate when he started tweeting at uh, Miss Universe from 20 years ago. Yep. <laughs> about her weight. <laughs> so we started from there. And amazingly, something worse came out, which was his, his comments from 2005. Uh, maybe in two years, we will have forgotten what his comments were. But essentially, he was describing assaulting women because he could. And he needed some Tic Tacs because he he's just going to start kissing them no matter what. And he's talking about wanting to sleep with a woman, even though she's married. Married, and even though he'd only been married for five months, but he's being very. They they keep saying it's nothing that a wouldn't be said in a men's locker room, but unfortunately, I know a lot of men that I'm pretty sure do not speak that way. Boys will be boys. Only helps boys. It hurts girls. Well, it's rape culture. That's what that is. That that shit is rape culture, and I think that is feminists are now being heard a lot because. This, I mean, what he said, you can look it up. I'm sure it will be on the internet for decades to come. Um, But yes, what he said in 2005 was ridiculous. Uh, Right now, it's under Trump tapes or um, hashtag pussy grabber and hashtag, uh, what's the other one? Grab them by the pussy, which is what he said. He said that he just grabs them by the pussy so that it's just um and that has nothing to do with the um yeah charges brought against him for alleged rape of a 13 year old girl which he will be having a court date october 14th which is yeah i'm sorry guys this is about trump it's just terrible (laughs) i'm sorry our first podcast had to cover this but we it's important to us and what few people will get to hear our first episode in time it's important i promise i promise as co-host of this podcast that if you listen we will not always talk about donald trump 
Ugh, it's just awful. Wait, was that your Trump impersonation? It was my stupid politician impression. Okay, all right, it, it that'll was, work. It, it was a really crappy George Herbert Walker Bush impression. Okay, I, I can see it. He, he was doing the hand thing, so that'll work. Yeah. It wasn't W, <laughs> it was senior, right? Right. Okay. No new taxes. Okay, that's a much better person. (laughs) So, all right, so let us just go ahead and segue from that awful topic into some music. Whoa, whoa. Are you trying to tell me that this podcast is about music? Yes, this podcast is about music. So let's let's listen to some music now. in a couple of ways that are similar, but um, it talks about a white bird in a golden cage. Um, so you could get into something about caged animals, about zoos. It could be about anything about that. But when I hear this song and I actually interpret the lyrics, it seems to me like uh, they're talking about some kind of damsel in distress. Like she's stuck in a chastity belt. She's in a tower and she's being held down by some patriarchal a- asshole uh, who's just making her stay up there and be sad and lonely. Um, and you could also see it just as maybe a relationship between two people where one person isn't allowed to have a say in anything or and it doesn't even have to be a woman necessarily. Um, but I see it as more of a typical heterosexual relationship where the man just says and does whatever he wants and the woman has no say in anything about herself uh, you know down to even maybe the way that she dresses Um, I'm sure we could probably well I was thinking about you just said typical uh, relationship and I think that I wouldn't call it what's typical because now you don't see relationships function for that. But in the South, you see it a lot more because you do see a lot more 
you know, bowing down to the head of the household, which this is the Bible Belt. So um, some people say the buckle, but that's generally anybody in the South says they are in the buckle of the Bible Belt. But um, I've actually never heard anybody use the term buckle in Bible Belt. Really? I guess. Oh, okay. Does that make me a bad Southerner? No, <laughs> that makes you... I'm just proud of you for not having to hear that all the time. You're just like, yeah, that's the buckle of the Bible Belt. So, but yeah. Um, also, you've lived in Memphis, so it's well, different. I, yes, I did grow up in the suburbs, though. But I mean, at this point, I've lived almost half of my life in the city. Yeah, in the city limits, outside, like in Shelby County. So it's not just all Bartlett, which is a suburb, but it's you know city i mean like i know you because you're you're memphis so i think that if you if you're in this you know area you're gonna meet jason vauder it's just gonna happen so um i apologize (laughs) (laughs) you're just very active and obviously you do stuff um that's important to you in the city council so that's great but um you know I, I like your interpretation of it. I know that you said later when our, we were discussing earlier that that was not the original interpretation or that's not what the band stated, but I loved your interpretation of it. Uh, I guess what the song was actually written about is how the band was confined to a hotel room in Seattle. They were from San Francisco from that great scene in the late uh, mid to late 60s. And the guy who was managing the band at the time um, was pretty much making them s- cooping them up in a hotel room together and barely feeding them anything. Oh, maybe that's why they're birds. In a was golden it, cage. Was it a fancy hotel? Like a golden cage? Yeah. Like a, was it a Trump hotel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. <laughs> no, not sorry. But, you know, uh, let's talk about the music. You're a musician. You're a drummer. So, of course, you you are going to interpret or you're going to feel a lot more of how the music was made. So, I mean, what do you enjoy musically about this song? Well, and I also may, I may enjoy different things because I'm more of a drummer. I've never known how to play guitar, bass, keyboards. I don't think of myself as a singer, although sometimes I can sing. He breaks, in, he breaks into song a lot. Yeah. It's, it's called brunch. Talking about the song, I really like the intro. It's kind of light and airy. Um, the violin in the song transitions between like a plucking staccato, you know, bloom, 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 and then you know into a bowed violin, and it reminds me a lot of um, the band itself and the violin player remind me of uh, Dave Matthews Band and Boyd Tinsley from that band. Okay. Now, Boy Tinsley is from the Dave Matthews Band. Boy Tinsley plays in Dave Matthews Band. Okay. See, I didn't know that either. Um, Yeah. And, you know, most it's the band is kind of a folk rock jazz fusion. So a lot of the song is kind of written or led by the acoustic guitar. So that's where the whole folk aspect comes in. But then the bass is super funky. The bass sings a lot. Mm-hmm. It's what I call lead bass. It's not just in the back keeping rhythm. It's not hanging out with the drummer? Well, I mean, 
It is and it isn't. Right. It's like mostly, though, I thought the bass just usually got sucked into the percussion section. But Quite often, but if you listen to especially psychedelic rock music like uh, a power trio like Cream or Jimi Hendrix Experience, the bass player is also a lead instrument and a rhythm instrument. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, So... Let's see. Uh, Tell what you, what are your feelings on this song? Okay, so I it's a classic sound. You can pretty much instantly place when and where it is. Um, a lot of that has to do with the recording instruments that they had, how they had to record things. So uh, it does have that kind of '60s '70s thing. It's not necessarily something I tune to on the radio. Um, it's not something that if it's on. I'm going to get mad because it's on. I thought it was very hypnotic. Um, It does have this very hypnotic style, Uh, which is, you know, I love Seager Ross. So definitely I can go for these songs that kind of have these very rhythmic, um, I guess, rotations, ebbs and flows. And um, also because I'm... I'm a sculpture major originally. Like, I do have that degree in sculpture, so I have also a lot of art history. And that um, that symbol of a bird in a cage, it's used across music and it's used across art very often because it's very, it's not something you have to delve real deep into to understand. And everybody can interpret it in multiple ways, which is why it's so interesting. And while I was doing that, I was like, I bet there are more songs that that have that kind of imagery. And so 1904, there was a bird in a gilded cage by Vaughn Tilzer and Lamb. And it was like what you would consider top of the charts, whatever the charts were in 1904. So it was extremely popular. And then while I was looking for recordings of that one, I came across this very saucy, sassy, like tongue-in-cheek, one by Virginia O'Brien called A Bird in a Gilded Cage. And it's very much like, oh, she can't do anything because she has to abide by society. So, it, I mean, a lot of times it looks like the bird in a gilded cage gets applied to women in society. So I thought that was really fascinating because, you know, we don't know exactly, or I don't know. I mean, you've probably read a lot more into it, but, you know... That symbolism, because of like the musicality of this band, which is "It's a Beautiful Day." You got it. Yes, right. I got it right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a beautiful day. Yes, and I did not call it "It's a Beautiful Life," which is a movie. <laughs> That's it's a wonderful life. <laughs> so Jimmy Stewart is rolling in his grave. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. But yeah, like it really, um, it's very instrumental. It's got a lot of hypnotic qualities. The, it's not something I would be super into listening to, but definitely I am glad you brought it to the table because I'm glad I got to experience it. I've never experienced it before, so it's exciting. I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with it. Uh, it's a Beautiful Day is what I would call the perfect lineup of a band. Um, that's because of the instruments, but also... Um, male and female lead vocals so there may like the jefferson airplane they came out of san francisco the same time that it's a beautiful day did both bands have a very strong female lead they also have a male lead sometimes they switch leads in a song 
sometimes the other singer backs up the other one. But quite often, you have most songs where both people sing leads, and there's things that female vocals can do that some male vocals can't do. Not everybody can be Freddie Mercury. No. He is is perfect, and I'm sure we'll do... We'll have to bring some Queen up. Oh, uh, definitely. Later. Yeah, but... I'm I'm claiming Queen as my my band that I'm gonna bring to the table because you gotta find something that I don't like. But I like Queen. I know, but that means that you won't have to listen to. Uh-huh. just heard was a part i mean it's pretty hurts and uh so the reason i like this song especially because uh, in light of recent comments about female bodies in the media and of course uh i mean let's just face it there's always discussion of female bodies and it's always usually in reference to what size they need to be, what they need to look like. And unfortunately, it's ever changing. You know, big breasts were big. Like, that was a trend. Like, how was that even a trend? But now, of course, you don't see that as much. So it's crazy that essentially they're applying trends to female bodies. And, uh, I mean, if you watch the video, there's, there's reference to plastic surgery in the video. I would totally recommend watching it. It's pretty good. Oh, you know, it's Beyonce. So, um, but yes, like I love the song and I, I mean, I don't love the message, but I think it's something that as much as sometimes it comes across as over said, it's a message that does need to be in the conversation. It's, It's important. It's important to say it. Yeah. And it's also, it's important that it's Beyonce saying it. Because too many times it's somebody who does not walk around in a female body saying, oh, we need to stop saying this. And I was like, I realize you're trying to be a strong ally, but Beyonce saying it is important. And I mean, she's just a representation of strong women everywhere. So that's that's like super important. Um, there's this line, perfection is, a, is the disease of a nation. And that is true. Because, I mean, even in this election, of course, where there was a, there was Hillary didn't smile enough or she's too shrill. And then all sorts of comments just because 
she's a female in a female body running for the most typical white male job. Luckily, we have Obama. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it was a white male job, right? Until 2008. Yeah, for when it became an African American male job, right? But for 43 terms, or not 43 terms, but 43 presidents, there was a white dude sitting in the Oval Office. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I. That's why I think it's important that especially these things play on the radio. That's why it's important that it's pop music because so many people listen to pop music. So it is good that people will be driving down the road listening to this in their car. And hopefully, maybe, it will seep into the brains. And it's going to take a long time, a long slog for everyone to respect all the bodies that are there. And we, I, this is where I'm going to throw out, you need to read Shrill by the Lindy West. And she, she really, read that book. It's very succinct in the fact that we shouldn't be judging anyone for their bodies, no matter what they look like. If they're the picture of perfection, it's not our job to be making comment on it. Well, um, that makes me think of those, although very gross, uh, naked statues that someone put up all over New York City of Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, but that was not about his actual body. That was the emperor has no balls, so he has no balls in there. And you know what? That's a that's an interpretation of art. I thought it was very on the nose. Um, uh, it's not a very conceptual piece if you really think about it, because it's like, oh, there's Donald Trump naked with no balls and a very tiny tiny penis so to me if i'm going to talk about that one artistically or critically it's very literal so but yeah but that's not that was not an interpretation of his body it's the fact that he brought up his penis size in the first first debate with all the republicans i agree and i totally get what you're saying here but what i'm saying is uh you know that some people uh speak out against rape and say, well, that rapist needs to be raped. That doesn't That's still, it. yeah, that's definitely not uh, so, solving it so at all. So what I'm saying is that uh, although I personally hate him very much, um, I just felt like that that isn't helping anything by... Yeah, well, as a white male, that's it's like a target that is actually a pretty popular target right now because it's very easy to point out the you know the typical what we think of as typical white male privilege and of course a lot of it is um i think that we shouldn't criticize anybody's body at all even his body um that's that's right yeah it's like i don't think we should be criticizing the um the vessels that we walk around in because we have to live with this like our bodies are our bodies. So um, I just think that there's this political connotation to the female body that's not even just, you know, the body itself or the looks of it, but, you know, all, I mean, Roe v. Wade, our bodies are battlegrounds all the time. And it, it, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I think that the female body is, I, I think that it should be in pop music because. Essentially telling people to back the hell off of our bodies is 
important. And the whole perfection is the disease of a nation thing. I think that we should just probably, I think that's a, that's probably the most important message for it. Well, and I don't want to get too much into psychology or anything because I am not trained and I have no college degree, (laughs) but I do feel like, especially uh, a man speaking negatively about how a woman looks I think that's kind of a deflection of his own security. Why does he feel the need to say something bad about her when it doesn't affect him in any way? Yeah, except that we are what women do happen to be in his line of sight. So unfortunately, that's the whole white male privilege perspective thing. Whereas, like, it's the same reason I get so mad about the when people tell me to smile. It's because just because I'm in your line of view and I'm not pleasing to you does not mean you can tell me what to do. <laughs> well, exactly. I got told to smile by someone at work the other day. It yeah. just so happened to be a woman. It doesn't matter if it was a woman or a man or a transgender person. or It doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. basically, I told this person that I was very happy to be there and I didn't need to smile to be happy. It was your resting Jason face. <laughs> so okay so uh i've talked about this and rambled about this song so let um you know uh tell like of course you know i know you're not a pop music listener and definitely so, not a modern pop music okay listener. i'm sorry i always have to point that out because disco and country and all the various popular music styles were pop music at one point. I like pop music before 1980, basically before hair metal, which ruined everything. But um, <laughs> back to Pretty Hurts. Back to Pretty Hurts by Beyonce. Um, I really like the lyrics. Uh, they're very well written. And Sia actually wrote this song and gave it to Beyonce. And um, But apparently she tried to give it to Katy Perry, who missed the email. And she also tried to give it to Rihanna, who wasn't able to pay the correct fees for it. Or just didn't. (laughs) Well, I mean, that could have just been maybe that was under Rihanna's radar. Like, her people didn't quite bring it to her for them to pay the fees for her type of thing. Right. It's. I mean, these are big systems going on there. So, um, and that's that's from the completely factual Wikipedia because because it's on the internet. Yeah, the internet is all true. Everything on the internet is true. I mean, that's um, what I was told. That's what I read on Breitbart. (laughs) So, we can all dream or think about what might have been if Katy Perry had sung this or if Rihanna had sung this, but... um, It's also important, um, probably, to Beyonce herself since uh, she was in pageants. Right. And she's been on the stage for, I mean, so long. Destiny's Child? I mean, who did not have that, like, in their brain now? I don't remember when you were listening or when you had Destiny's Child playing around you. Because I'm I pretty sure... I TV back then. So right. it was... They were all over the place. Right. And so I, I was in, I think, middle school. Where were you? Um, I mean, when I'm a few years older than you, so, so I might have been like in high, high school. school. But um, I felt like... Um, and this isn't just because they happen to be a trio of African-American women, but I feel like Destiny's Child kind of picked up in the middle where TLC left off. Yeah, actually for a while um I when I was listening to that like to the music, I was like, wow. And and stylistically, if you look at the music videos of that time, they really 
had some similar things going on. So I can see that. And I, I liked TLC a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like them a lot too. Rest in peace, Left Eye. We miss you. <laughs> um, that, but um, um, so I spoke about the lyrics on Pretty Hurts. Uh, the music reminds me a lot of older house music and um, just kind of that synthy keyboard production. I, I'm, I don't know enough about house music to really describe it. It's I, that stuff I like to dance to. Right. Well, <laughs> anything with a nice throbbing beat for you. Yeah. Um, but it's this song is kind of hip hop and R&B and housey. And it's got Beyonce in it. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I love Beyonce. I do know that. And um, also, I, I really hope that our listeners will um, listen to Pretty Hurts and will listen to White Bird, respectively and completely. Right. I, as a co-host of this show, I want you to listen to every second of each of these songs. I want you to analyze them the way that we have. And Jason makes me listen to all the music, so I'm supposed to at some point listen to Freebird. I don't know anything about Freebird. <laughs> oh, I do, and I've seen it played live. That's, uh, that's on another show. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, we're not going to have all 27 minutes of that one. Probably. It's. I think studio version is like nine, but... So 17 hours. 17 and a half. Okay, 17 and a half. All right. But okay, so we both presented uh, each other with music that um, we like. And I think they're actually pretty representative of our style. So look forward to this kind of... This is pretty much our format that we're going forward with. Now, what we want to do to keep like every... We want to end on a very high note. So... Oh, oh, you mean a high note like this? Stand alive. No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, um, oh okay. <laughs> not an actual high note. Oh. No falsetto. But you know what? There are things that we both love that have nothing to do with music. And Well, when I came over tonight, Amy presented me with her homemade chocolate chip cookies. Oh, my jaw. And there is a lot of butter involved. And more chocolate chips than are supposed to be in there. That's great. Uh, I would describe the cookies as very soft and fluffy. I was going for fluffy. Also, I forgot that I left the KitchenAid mixer on for a while, so I'm sure I added in some air. <laughs> hey, hey, that's great. It translated to a beautiful, soft, gooey, and fluffy cookie. Yeah, and then also... Um, so. Uh, of course, we're a brand new podcast. Um, we really want you to, you know, please contact us. We're going to be setting up our email soon and our voicemail soon. But right now, definitely, Twitter is amazing. I'm at Madam Woolite, which is M-A-D-A-M-E-W-O-O-L-I-T-E. And I, I'm there like i love twitter so if you need to get in contact with me if i'm not sleeping i'm gonna see that twitter notification so you can contact me there and i don't get on twitter i think as much she does because i'm obsessed with instagram and facebook but you can find me on twitter at the jv guarantee spelled exactly how it should be spelled 
That's if you could spell the word guarantee. A lot of people can't. There's a U and an A, and I just shake the rest of it up, and I just keep typing till it comes up. At T-H-E-J-V-G-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-E. Yeah, and then, of course, we are also available at... E and E pod with the and spelled out. So you need to, it, we would love music suggestions and you can always give us some feedback. Um, right now you can follow us on the Twitter, DM us if you have anything. And of course, next week we're going to have our, uh, email set up. And, and also there's a Facebook group. Yes. Yeah, a Facebook group. You can find us at the, the, doesn't look great right now but That's hopefully okay. yeah we're gonna get we're gonna get everything um the reason we chose a group is because everybody everybody can talk a lot easier on a group as opposed to a facebook page so i agree yes find it it's um earbuds and earworms podcast and it's a facebook group it's gonna be awesome uh we will be coming to you and dropping on sundays as soon as everything is ironed out and so I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'll get to listen to our podcast while we eat brunch together. Yay! Is that meta? Oh, that is meta. (gasps) So on that note, I'd like another cookie. Oh, the sky.